For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. David Walker, and on today's podcast, we're going to look at the advanced stats for the Falcons coming out of their Week 3 win against the New York Giants in New York, uh, a critical victory for Falcons that sent them to 1-2, and two, kept them out of the uh, ranks of the winless teams in the NFL, gave Arthur Smith his first win as head coach. And speaking of Arthur Smith, let's start with the offense, and let's start with the guys at the top of the list. Uh, we are going to go through Pro Football Focus's uh, premium stats, uh, part of their subscription service. Um, for those of you who've never used PFF in the past, I highly recommend it. I don't think it is, uh, to be clear, I've said this before, I just want to reinforce this again. I don't think it is the end-all, be-all standard, but I think it gives you a good idea of direction. Um, you know, I wouldn't use this to say this is the best quarterback in the league or this is the best uh, left tackle in the league. But it does give you an idea of, is this guy good at pass blocking? Is he uh, doing a fairly good job as a run blocker? Is he uh, a good weapon in the receiving game? Uh, so if you use it for those purposes, I think you could find a lot of value. And on a week-to-week basis, you can sort of see the, the grades match up, uh, for the most part, with the performance you see on the field. So let's talk about the offense and how these guys graded out. And at the very top of the list I'm kind of excited about this because we've talked about it for a while now. Uh, a lot of us have felt that this guy was going to take a big step forward this year, and I think it's happening. Uh, and that's right guard Chris Lindstrom. Uh, his overall grade of 80.6 uh, was uh, very strong. Uh, pass blocking was well above average. Run blocking was actually uh, pro bowl level. And yeah, this is a guy, he's, he's graded out uh, pretty consistently this year as one of our best offensive linemen. Um, his overall grade for the year is an 82.4. Uh, each year he's been in the league from uh, 2019 until now, he has gotten progressively better and better. And right now he is our best offensive lineman. And yeah, that includes uh, veteran left tackle Jake Matthews, who we'll get into in just a little bit. Um, number two on the list. This guy was brought in because he was expected to be uh, you know, a stalwart on the inside, uh, lining up uh, next to our offensive tackles to help in pass blocking and run blocking. Of course, I'm talking about tight end Lee Smith. What's interesting here is his uh, reception grade, his passing grade, 77.1. Obviously, he had the receiving touchdown in this game. Uh, if you had predicted that he would be the first of our tight ends to get a receiving touchdown, uh, congratulations, you're full of it. 
but his pass blocking grade of 75.5, uh, very strong. And his overall grade of 78.4 shows he had a very good game. Uh, number three on this list, running back Mike Davis. 37 total snaps out of 62. Uh, 19 uh, in the passing game, 13 as a runner. Um, and he scored a 75.8 overall. And actually, this is one of the things I think we underestimate with running backs. His pass blocking grade was 81.4. Mike Davis is a well-rounded running back. Uh, did well on the ground. Uh, did well as a receiver, did well in pass blocking. This is the kind of back that you want to have as your starter. Uh, and I am guilty as charged if you point out that a couple weeks ago I was saying Patterson should be running back one. Um, yes, you're right. I, that was a little bit foolhardy on my part. Uh, but uh, Mike Davis as a number one, I think is he's he is a good option. He's not the best option in the league. The Falcons can't afford to go out and pay $10 million for a top-tier running back. But for what they paid uh, for this two-year contract for Mike Davis, I think they're getting more than what they bargained for. Uh, really pleased with his performance on Sunday. Number four on this list. This one uh, is actually, I think it was a little bit surprising. I thought he played well. I didn't know he played this well. Uh, but we really needed to see this. This is a very encouraging performance. The trajectory is up for this young uh, interior offensive lineman. I am talking about left guard Jalen Mayfield, our fourth highest rated player by PFF. 73.2 overall grade, pass blocking grade of 74.7. This is a guy that in week one had a pass blocking grade of literally 1.4. Last week against the Bucks, it improved to 31.8. This week was a massive improvement. Um, now, granted, the Eagles and the Bucks had a much more fierce defensive front, uh, but I, I, I think if you look at the Giants, uh, they were no slouches. You know, Leonard Williams is a very good player on the interior. I'm not sure how often uh, he matched up with Mayfield. Uh, but the interior of this line held up pretty well for the majority of this game. And I think if you go back and look, Matt Ryan had a much better pocket throughout most of this game compared especially to the first two games. And Mayfield was a part of that. Whether he can keep this up is a different matter. But when you take everything into consideration, the fact that this guy has never played left guard before in college, uh, he has you know, essentially been thrust into the position because of a last-minute injury to the presumed starter, Josh Andrews, uh, in the first week of practice. This is the kind of progress you want to see. Clearly, the first two games were, were, were bad, but he, he did improve from week one to week two. Uh, week two to week three, this kind of a, of a jump is very encouraging. Let's hope he can keep it up. He's got a very tough matchup coming up against Washington. But at least for now, when the competition level wasn't the best in the league, Quite literally, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay had two of the best defensive fronts in 2020. Um, when that competition level dipped down just a little bit uh, to the New York Giants, Mayfield really shined. And I just hope he can build on this because this is an encouraging performance. If he can do this again against Washington, um, I, I think this actually will keep him locked in at the left guard position. There were some thoughts after the, the Tampa Bay game that Josh Andrews may come back uh, from injured reserve and take that left guard spot. And right now, I think Mayfield has it locked down if he continues to have performances like this. Very, very encouraging, promising uh, performance from uh, the, the rookie. Number five on the list, Cordero Patterson. Uh, 
clearly this guy is turning into a completely unexpected weapon. Uh, I think when we signed him, everyone thought, okay, we've got our special teams ace. And certainly, you know, he contributed in, in that regard. And I, I want to point out that uh, one of the punts that the Falcons downed inside the five, it was Corderell Patterson that was down the field making the the play and, and downing that ball. So he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, people always think of him as a returner, but he's actually a, a well-rounded special teams player. Very good one. Um, but as a receiving weapon out of the backfield, oh my God, what an incredible performance. He absolutely uh, devastated the Giants uh, in this game. Uh, 72.1 overall grade, but his receiving score of 92 led the entire team. Uh, 77.5 as a pass blocker. Uh, so that that's actually really impressive. Did not expect to see that from him. And funny enough, his lowest grade was as a runner, 50.9. So maybe there is something to be said for using him as more of a receiving weapon out of the backfield as opposed to just a pure running back. Uh, But great performance from him. All right, let's talk about the guys at the bottom of the list. Dead last, unfortunately, tight end Hayden Hurst. Um, Didn't get it done as a receiver. Uh, Had a decent pass blocking grade, not something he's really known for. Uh, he actually lost weight uh, coming into this season to try to be a more effective weapon. But uh, yeah, our worst graded player on the day. Uh, right above him, unfortunately, this is a trend that is becoming a little bit disturbing. Um, and it's something that I was given a lot of grief for when I said that this guy uh, could potentially be unseated as a starter this year. And that's right tackle Caleb McGarry. He was our. He's consistently at the bottom of this list each week. Fifty-one point three overall grade, forty-eight point six pass blocking. Uh, our worst graded pass blocking offensive lineman. Um, and in the past, he's actually been fairly decent as a run blocker. Uh, only fifty point seven uh, there, so well below average. Caleb McGarry's in his third year. Um, this offseason, the Falcons will have to decide with him and Lindstrom, both first-round picks, whether they want to exercise the fifth-year option. I think at this point, Lindstrom looks like a lock to get that exercise. I would not be surprised that if McGarry doesn't get that exercised, if he cannot improve from this point forward. And the big thing with McGarry is he, he, is, he has not really improved in, throughout his entire career. And it's not just this season. It's who was he as a player as a rookie? Who was he as a player in year two? And who is he as a player in year three? And what we're seeing is very little progress, and that is the part that's concerning. It's not just the grades, it's the trajectory for him. And uh, honestly, I I know a lot of people think Matt Gono is not the guy. Maybe he's not, um, but I I think Gono could get a shot. They used a second-round tender on Gono for a reason, and I I really think that they're looking at Gono, if he can get back healthy sometime this year— as a potential replacement for McGarry if he cannot get his game into order. Very disappointing performance from him. Uh, Number three on the list. Uh, Again, I I got a mixed reaction because I am an ardent Matt Ryan defender. And yes, Matt Ryan was our third worst graded offensive player against the Giants. And I want to say this. Um, Clearly, he delivered in the clutch. Another fourth quarter game-winning drive for him. Uh, I think it's number 38 in his career. Uh, No one has defended Matt Ryan more than me. And I've probably defended him in instances where he didn't deserve it. Um, In this game, he had much better pockets to operate out of. Now, that said, 
sometimes a quarterback struggles uh, are not purely because of him. And, you know, I want to emphasize this with a quarterback, if he is learning a new system uh, or if the guys around him are learning a new system, especially a quarterback like Matt Ryan, who is very much a timing based uh, rhythm passer. He's not someone that moves outside the pocket and creates plays. We know that that is not the kind of quarterback he is. Um, But if he can get into a rhythm, he can absolutely tear our defense apart. And I think what we're seeing now is just hesitation. Is that hesitation because of the struggles of the offensive line for the first couple weeks? Possibly. Is it a hesitation in his lack of familiarity with some of these receivers, such as Kyle Pitts? Um, That is a, a, a potential issue. Could it be that these receivers are not fully comfortable in this system either, and they're not giving him the looks that he's expecting to see? I think all of these things are contributing factors. So when I criticize Matt Ryan, I think it's it's clear that he did not have a great game in the first three quarters. Um, but at the same time, you know, he can have a bad game, and it's not necessarily 100% on him. And this is where I get hesitant to levy criticisms at him because some will take that to say, oh, hey, he had a bad game, and it turns into Matt Ryan's the worst quarterback we've ever had. And I'm like, that's, I'm not going to have that kind of argument. It's insane. It's stupid. He can have a bad game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes had a bad game this weekend, and that doesn't diminish what he's done in his career. Uh, and the same is true with Matt Ryan. Now, Matt Ryan's age comes into the equation. I think those are fair questions. Is he losing some ability? Is he losing arm strength? I don't know. We've seen some signs that maybe there's some challenges there. Uh, I, I will say this. A quarterback like Matt Ryan, to throw deep, he has to have confidence. Uh, and I just don't think he's operating with a ton of confidence in this offense right now. I think we saw that in 2015. People were asking back then, hey, is this arm strength an issue back in 2015, the first year under Kyle Shanahan? I think when we got to 2016, we saw Matt throwing the deep ball with a ton of confidence. And he was one of the best deep ball throwers in that 2016 season. Is that still the case? I think we have to keep watching to see how this plays out. Uh, Number fourth, right above Matt Ryan on the list, uh, Felipe Franks. Um, Look, no one was expecting this guy to be active. He played at tight end uh, for several snaps, uh, played one snap at quarterback, and did not have a great performance. So limited snaps, keep that in mind. Um, It is interesting. We'll we'll be talking about this more at thefalcoholic.com, that Franks uh, did get snaps at tight end. This is something we may be seeing more of and something to pay attention to uh, with this coaching staff. I think they're going to experiment. They're going to see wherever uh, they've got talent, what can they do with them? And to be honest, I'm okay with experimenting with guys like Franks. He ran a sub 4640 at his pro day. He's six foot six. Uh, he's about 220, 225 pounds, not yet the size of a tight end. But it's been done before. Logan Thomas came out of college as a quarterback and was transitioned to tight end over a couple of years. And if the Falcons are looking to do that, uh, I'm fully on board with them seeing if there is something there. Uh, Absolutely. Experiment with your players. Try to find talent wherever possible. Um, But maybe doing it in an actual NFL game is not the best place to experiment with that. Um, Only three snaps. So I don't want us to to lose sight of the entire game here. Uh, three total snaps, only two at tight end uh, for Frank. So yeah, let's let's not get too off our keisters with uh, the criticism here. I think they're experimenting. I like it. I like the mindset 
I, I guess I just, the only thing I question is doing it in the middle of an actual, you know, real life NFL game early in the season. Uh, but they'll be curious to see if they continue to try this and if they have any success with it. All right. The fifth worst player uh, on offense by PFF, uh, fullback Keith Smith. He's in his career been a really good fullback. He's been struggling this year uh, for some reason. Uh, I, I don't understand that 59.8 overall grade, not a great performance from him. All right, some of the other standout guys on offense. Jake Matthews was at number six, uh, 86.8 pass blocking grade. He was our best pass blocker on the day. Um, and actually, if you look at Jake Matthews' career uh, as a pass blocker, he is consistently rated at 80 or higher. He is just an absolute stalwart on the left side of that line, never needs help. Uh, a lot of you guys hate him. I don't understand that this is the kind of guy you want at left tackle. Yeah, you know what? He's not getting it done as a run blocker, but right now protecting Matt Ryan's blind side is far more important on this offensive line. Uh, he's doing a great job. Matt Hennessy uh, has been improving week over week. So again, along with Jalen Mayfield, really encouraging trend for Matt Hennessy. Uh, he was ranked number eight, 67.5 overall score. His grade has been increasing week over week. Another player that I want to see uh, how he progresses as the season goes on. Um, so encouraging performance from him. And Calvin Ridley, who had, I think, a, an erratic game, uh, seemed to be avoiding contact, uh, dropped some passes that he should not be dropping. Uh, he scored a 60.7. He was number 11 overall out of 17, so sort of in the middle, but a, a relatively disappointing performance from wide receiver one. I want to see him bounce back in a big way against the uh, Washington football team this upcoming week. All right, that's the offense. We're going to talk about the defense and how they graded out. I think you'll be pleased with the performance of some guys on that side of the ball, including a really surprising name at the top. Uh, for many haters, you're not going to appreciate this. But before we get into the defense, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. We are going through the advanced stats for the Falcons' win over the New York Giants in week three of the 2021 NFL season, where the Falcons went to 2-1, and one, or 1-2, one and two, pardon me. The Giants dropped to 0-3, oh a very important game for both teams, and the Falcons found a way to win on the road. And part of that came because of the performance of the defense, who held the Giants to just 14 points in the game. Uh, the Giants are not known for their explosive you know, offense, but I will say, um, this was a, a Giants team that was coming off of more rest, uh, they do have weapons like Saquon Barkley. 
that are you know quite dangerous. Daniel Jones is a, a mobile quarterback. He can move outside the pocket. We saw him do that in this game, in fact, uh, rushing several times for first downs. Uh, but the Falcons, I think, overall had a very strong performance on defense. Let's talk about the guys at the top of the list. Uh, number one, and five total snaps, so I'm, I'm going to include him here. But it's really the next guy I want to focus on. But uh, Michael Walker, linebacker, five snaps, 92.7 overall grade. Um, again, that really good coverage grade, 77.3. This is a guy that I think he's going to continue to earn additional snaps uh, as the season progresses. Obviously, it's going to be hard for him to get in there with Foya Lucan and, and Deion Jones uh, manning the middle of the defense. Um, but they're using him more as an outside linebacker at times. And that's... Uh, it'll be interesting to see if that's a role that he can grow into, but good grade from him, highest graded player. But again, limited snaps, only five on the day. Really our highest graded player who played a significant number of snaps, 57 out of the 70 total. Um, this guy has been hated by fans for a couple years now. Um, Tory McElhaney of AtlantaFalcons.com wrote about him before this game, and the timing could not have been better. Uh, slot cornerback Isaiah Oliver, 90.2 overall grade, 90.8 in coverage. Um, phenomenal performance from Isaiah Oliver. He had two pass deflections, and of course, he had that strip of uh, forcing a fumble and also recovered it. Just a, an incredible game from him. Really excited about the progress he's made ever since he was moved to the slot. Uh, which was really mid the midpoint of 2020 uh, under Raheem Morris and Jeff Ulbrich. They actually were the first ones to sort of move him into the slot. Uh, instead of just giving up on him, they wanted to see how he did there. Credit to those two guys uh, and their vision to see him as possibly being more successful on the inside. Um, it looks like he definitely is. This was his best game ever uh, as a Falcon. Uh, I want to see him build on this. If he can be uh, a consistently good slot corner, then that is essentially a starter on NFL defenses. Some of you guys think that the only way these guys count is if they are the starter on paper. Uh, he got 57 out of the 70 snaps, okay? He was only he only missed 13 total snaps in this game. Uh, and slot corners are incredibly important in today's NFL. Uh, it's not just about the outside guys. And the outside guys are important, but that slot corner is, again, he's effectively a starter. He is playing the overwhelming majority of snaps. Great performance from Isaiah Oliver. Uh, really excited to see that and want to see him build on this. Number three on the list, probably no surprise, Grady Jarrett, who was absolutely dominant. Um, funny enough, not even our best pass rushing grade. We'll get to that in just a second. 89.8 uh, overall grade. Great performance from him. 85.5 on the pass rush. This was something I thought we would see in, in my predictions uh, coming into this game. This Giants offensive line was awful. And their center, Billy Price in particular, is one of the worst graded centers in the league. And I think we saw that on Sunday. Uh, on Grady's uh, uh, play where he got the sack, uh, Grady actually used a swim move on the left guard, got by him. Billy Price literally fell over and was laying down on the ground when Grady Jarrett ran right past him. Um, and that's why the trenches matter. Uh, Grady Jarrett with a phenomenal performance uh, on Sunday. Number four on the list, again, another guy with a very small sample size, three total snaps, so keep that in mind. 
cornerback Avery Williams. Uh, obviously, he is, his primary role is on special teams as our punt returner, where I think he's done a fairly good job. Um, he had a 76.0 uh, overall grade. Uh, good to see that from the rookie. Number five on the list. Thank God this guy is finally getting into the form we hoped we would see, uh, and that is Dante Fowler. Um, clearly, the Falcons have him on a one-year, essentially, uh, contract at this point. He probably won't be back because of salary concerns and whatnot. But a 70.2 overall grade, but most importantly, the highest pass rushing grade, 86.3 on the day. Uh, very strong performance from Dante Fowler. And really what we thought we would get if he was fully healthy and utilized properly. And I think we're seeing that uh, second straight game as our best pass rusher. Second straight game with a very good score for Fowler. So happy to see him stepping up finally, uh, even after the pay cut. Looks like he's trying to go out there and get another deal on the open market in 2022. All right, let's talk about the guys at the bottom of the list. Um, 12 snaps, bottom of the list, Jacob Tuioti Mariner. Um, just a not a great performance from him, 46.1 overall grade. Uh, a, a bit frustrating, and I understand, you know, this is one of those guys that he's come up through the system. Uh, looks like they're cutting his snaps back, uh, especially compared to uh, Ogun Deji, who actually had 22 snaps in this game. Uh, and I think that that trend may continue. Um, that is something, you know, Tuioti Mariner may be getting played out of a spot. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how this progresses. Uh, but yeah, between Mariner and, and some of the rest, not a great performance for him. Next up on the list, uh, cornerback Fabian Moreau. Um, 49.0 overall grade. With A.J. Terrell out, he became cornerback one. And I think it's clear... He's much better as that second guy. Uh, I, I think the defense clearly missed Terrell in this game. Uh, and actually, the guy who replaced uh, Terrell in this game was slightly better, but still not very good. Um, so Moreau, his biggest issue, and I think we saw this in the game, was tackling. He had a 27.1 grade uh, as a, for, for his tackling, and that, that's clearly just not acceptable. Uh, hopefully, we'll see better from him next week. Uh, they're going to have a little bit easier assignment with Tyler uh, uh, Heineke out of uh, Washington. Um, but yeah, Moreau has to do better. Hopefully, uh, Terrell will get back this week. Uh, it's still not clear coming off, off of the concussion. It doesn't sound like he's made the kind of progress that we want to see. We'll have to see how that progresses during the week. But right now, Moreau, cornerback one, not cutting it. Uh, third from the bottom, Tyler Davidson. Um He's a guy that generally has done his job well. He's he's not a flashy player. He's you clearly have him in there as a as a run stuffer. Forty one snaps for this guy, um, forty nine point seven overall grade. He was a, you know doing decent in, in tackling, but overall his performance was just pretty weak. Uh, right above him, uh, played every single snap in this game. Cornerback uh, T.J. Green, fifty two point two overall grade. So not quite as bad as Fabian Moreau, but again, I think the team clearly misses um, Isaiah, or I'm sorry, AJ Terrell. And this is something that we knew about this Falcons team. We knew that the depth here was going to be poor. We knew in some key positions, wide receiver and cornerback, the two where we had injuries this week, uh, the, the depth after our starters became very problematic. Um, TJ Green just did not have a great game. They, and you could tell they were going after him consistently in this game. Uh, so frustrating performance from him. Uh, and he's not a rookie, so I, I don't know that you know there's a lot of upside with him. Uh, just a disappointing performance overall. And honestly, 
uh, if he continues this way, I'd almost say you're better off trying out a guy like Avery Williams at corner, uh, a player who's been building confidence, who who looked decent in the preseason. Uh, get the young guy some snaps as opposed to a you know a guy who's been in the league for several years and hasn't cut it elsewhere. Uh, fifth on the list, Jonathan Bullard, uh, 22 snaps, 52.2 overall grade. Um, he's, he's actually graded out pretty well this year in the first two games. This was one of his weaker games. Uh, hopefully not a trend. I, I liked what he did uh, in the preseason, so hopefully that's uh, going to you know, correct course next week uh, when we go against Washington. We're going to need it because Washington actually has a very talented offensive line, and that could mean that uh, some of these grades for these guys from a pass rushing standpoint uh, drops off. Um, all right, as for some key players, uh, Foyer Alokon graded out as our ninth best player on defense uh, with a 63.2. Deion Jones was 13th with a 59.6. Um, his season has not gone particularly well. Uh, hopefully he can get that you know, back on track as well. But for those who have been a bit critical of Deion Jones, uh, you're not wrong. He is, he's not having the best season uh, of his career, that's for sure. Um, starting safeties, Eric Harris and Dron Harmon were 6-7 and seven on this list. So if you take out guys like Avery Williams and Michael Walker, uh, who both had you know, limited snaps, our two starting safeties actually had their two best games of the year. Uh, ranking number six and number seven on this list. And again, limited snaps, Jalen Hawkins, 23. He was at number eight. Uh, so this is something to, to keep, you know, keep an eye on. Hawkins is a guy that I think over time is going to build into more and more snaps as the season progresses, uh, liking what we're seeing out of the second-year player. Uh, and for those who are curious, Richie Grant did not get a, a snap in this game, our second-round pick. Uh, Obviously frustrating not to see a, an early round pick get into a game at all. Uh, I think it's just going to take him some time to develop. And uh, we do want to see him you know, eventually get on the field. Uh, but this was something many of us thought could be the case because this is a DNP's defense. It's uh, not simple. They put a lot of responsibilities on their safeties. They have to know not just you know, the, the responsibilities of their position. They, ha- they actually have to know the responsibilities of the corners, the linebackers, um, because of the way that they disguise coverages and, and basically bring players from all over the field. So this could just simply be uh, Grant needing time to get acclimated to the defense before they put him out there. Still bullish on his potential over the long term, but clearly the rookie uh, is, is not ready yet. So uh, no, no snaps for him. Uh, a little bit frustrating, but hopefully that will improve over time. All right, as for this team, uh, just an overall strong performance from the defense. Uh, the offense, even though uh, you know we had guys like Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley towards the bottom of the list, really encouraging to see the offensive line um, step up against arguably a lesser opponent, uh, lesser pass rushing team in the Giants. Uh, and they're going to have another challenge against Washington. So the progress they make uh, against Washington, I think, will tell us really where this offensive line is at. Uh, if they're progressing, if they're, you know, if the quality is getting better, if they can hold up against Washington, that could bode very well for the long-term outlooks for this season. Because Washington is probably going to be one of their toughest matchups in the trenches this year, outside of the Eagles and the Bucks. Uh, So that will be a performance to watch, and it will be the key one I'm going to be watching on Sunday. All right, guys, if you have any questions about these stats, feel free to tweet at me, at FalcoholicDW. We've got updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod, and of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. 
This is Dave Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.